the person who understands their partner and understands themselves and brings that understanding, those two understandings together. That's someone who's really good in bed. Welcome to what I love about sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. I have survived the Austin freeze. Just an update. I am still alive. <laughs> I don't get it because like so many parts of the country were like below 20 degrees and it was like probably 16 degrees at the coldest here, but everybody panics because the buildings are not prepared to handle it. So it's very likely the pipes will break and there will be floods everywhere and people will have no water. <laughs> like, There's been some crazy Austin freeze experiences, apparently, especially in recent years. I know that last year or two years ago, Andrew flew to me in New York because he was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, This is madness and nobody knows how to live when it's this cold and the, the pipes are breaking. So yeah, it was a shit show. But um, but yeah, apparently this happens once or twice a year during the winter. So I'm hoping this is the first one because we kind of just breeze through it. And hopefully there won't be any crazy freezes that trap us in our apartment and leave us without food because all the stores shut down or there's no food. Anyway, besides that, just a little health update. I uh, have been feeling better. Definitely have my days where I'm just exhausted for what feels like no reason. And I just have to take like two naps in one day after sleeping 10 hours. Like it's crazy. So I'm, you know, my body is definitely still going through some shit, but I think I found a lot of foods that are really working in my favor to keep me feeling good and keep my mind clear. And I'm on a lot of supplements and yeah, just doing everything I can to relax and keep my nervous system regulated. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate you guys reaching out. If you haven't seen, I've been pretty active on YouTube this year. Definitely check out my YouTube at Stephanie Ganowski is my channel. You could search it and find me there. But my goal this year is to post 200 videos. And some of those videos will be podcast episodes. So I want to get in the habit this year of having a visual to go along with my podcast so that you could see my face. And this does make me a little nervous because I feel, or not nervous, but it's out of my comfort zone because I feel like I, I am just so serious talking into the mic when I podcast and I kind of zone out and I go into this like, not serious, but I'm just in the zone and like right now, I'm just, I'm in the zone. I'm just staring out the window as I talk into the microphone and I'm not in like performance mode. It's just not 
when I want to be this visual charismatic creature. <laughs> I just want to talk. <laughs> but um, but I do know it's important to get my podcast out there in a visual way. And I think it could also be fun if I get the hang of it and figure out how to do it and build that, that skill set. So yeah, check me out on YouTube. It's funny because the reason why I moved over to YouTube is because I my Instagram page has been hidden from the public for about five months, maybe more, due to my bio, like which is inappropriate apparently, but all I say in it is that I help men with their sex life. Like it's so stupid. And then um and yeah, so I was I kept appealing it and I kept asking them for help. And it was just like five months of constantly appealing these videos they were flagging for like absurd reasons and then I was like actually deleting videos and I'm like okay like can you give it to me now <laughs> like can you unblock my page from the search page now and anyway it took about five months and yesterday was the first day I complained about it on IG stories to my audience and I was just like ah oh, like Instagram blocked me that's why I'm going to YouTube and literally yesterday, I was unblocked from the Explorer page by Instagram. And I'm like, wow, they must have been watching me complain on my stories. That is so weird. Like five months of appeal after appeal after appeal. I complain once in public and then it's done. Well, that was wild. So anyway, I am unblocked <laughs> from the Explorer page on Instagram, but I'll still be focused on YouTube. In fact, I got my, I'm starting to get paid on YouTube and it was really exciting because I reached my first hundred dollar mark, which for me took five years <laughs> based on the way I, I've been doing things. And I, I just applied to be monetized last March and then I wasn't paying attention to YouTube. And then I learned that the videos you get paid the most on are not necessarily the most popular. You get paid the most through ads and ads being watched. So YouTube AdSense. And that means that you, uh, it depends what kind of ad it is, who's watching it at what part of the country, how many people are watching at what time. Like there's so many weird factors. There's so many factors that go into it that you wouldn't think. Like I always assumed, oh, the most, the, the video with the most likes or the most views would get the most money, but no, 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 that is not the case. So that's also pretty interesting and in a way unpredictable and it's kind of fun. I am seeing YouTube as more of this game because I'm taking this YouTube course. So I have a lot of support and I'm learning and I'm improving little by little, inch by inch. <laughs> I am making improvements, but I'm definitely seeing what works and what doesn't. So it's really fun. And Andrew and I were talking about that yesterday, like the fact that most people just see life is so much harder than it needs to be. And we complicate things like humans just complicate things. And it could be so much more simpler and we could view life as a game. We can view things as, you know, a fun, interesting thing we have to figure out versus this stressor that's like taking over our life, you know, and it's, I, I get that it's harder to view it that way in certain, um, I guess, you know, certain circumstances, like, like I was trying to put my health into that way of view, like, how can I view my health problems as a fun thing I'm trying to figure out, you know, because fun is the opposite of what I've been feeling <laughs> with all that shit. Um, but you know, if I do view it from the perspective of, Hey, like, you know, today I feel really good. Like, Oh my God, what did I do differently? Like, let me write it down and maybe create a chart. And then I mark my, my really good days when I didn't have, you know, 
with certain kind of pains and what I was able to do and what I ate and just find a way to look at it as like, oh, I'm making progress. You know, even though it's inch by inch, it's just like my YouTube. Like I get really excited when I make tiny progress on YouTube. So why can't I do the same for my health? Um, so yeah, just trying to take more of that mindset going into 2024 of how can this, how can I view this as a fun game or something I need to figure out in a creative way versus, oh my God, this is taking over my life and I hate it, you know, <laughs> which is how I've been viewing my health a lot of the last year or so. So I like the game version better and I'm going to do my best to take that mentality of tracking the wins and getting excited about those little wins. All right. So anyway, that's enough blah, 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 blah <laughs> from my side. Let's get into the topic for today, which is sex for the late bloomer. And this is not the inexperienced necessarily, although you can be, um, you usually are unexperienced when you're a late bloomer, but, um, but not always. And we'll get into that. So Basically, I reached out to you guys on my email list and I said, hey, happy new year. Like I'm going to be on YouTube. What what topics do you want to hear more of on YouTube and um, and also my podcast, you know, because I was going to just do similar episodes and see how it stuck or whatnot. So I got this one recommend request from um, from this guy and I'm pulling it up to read it because I think he was really well written in the way he requested it. He said, as someone who's been listening to your podcast and now using your online sex meditations, your content is basically my training wheels since I'm 28 and never been in a relationship, never had sex, never kissed a girl. It's helping me to understand myself better in terms of my relationship standards. It's helped me find ways to talk to women in a way that shows we are a team. Your content is also helping me to physically, mentally, and emotionally prepare for when I do meet the right woman. Smiley face. Your YouTube For YouTube topics, I was wondering if you could make a video for guys who are late bloomers like me. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's struggling between staying single for longer versus getting a partner but settling for less is the price? Thanks. So there are... I'm sure there are so many guys in this situation and I don't talk enough to the men, those of you guys who are feeling inexperienced and feeling maybe a little inadequate, whatever the feeling is, um, it's totally valid because if you don't have experience in this area of life, it might feel a little weird to start from scratch as an adult when most people around you have started at their adolescent stage. Okay, so first of all, what can what's considered a late bloomer? Let's get into this. So if you feel you were late to the game when it comes to sexual experience or sex itself, you are um, you might consider yourself a late bloomer. The average age for both genders to lose their virginity is 17. And about 70% of people lose their virginity by 19, which means there's still a third of people, right, that didn't lose it yet. So you're not alone. Um, There are people who lose it later in life. And it makes sense, or but it makes sense that you're you're having feelings of maybe inadequacy, not feeling good enough, feeling weird for having to think things through a bit more than the average person, right? You might be like 
and you might be feeling like you're overthinking things because you're kind of like freaking out that this hasn't happened for you yet. And that's, that's totally, like I said, that's totally valid. And it's even common and valid for you to have these feelings if you've been in a married relationship with sex involved, because sometimes looking back on your adolescent years still has a weirdly strong hold over you to define who you are. Um, so, you know, to say that in other words, it's like you might be having a lot of sex right now, but because of those memories in your adolescent stage of you feeling like a loser, feeling like you could never get the girl or feeling, um, inadequate or maybe having a girl make fun of you, um, about your, your dick size or something. Like if that's around that adolescent stage, when you were just being introduced to your sex life and everything sexual, then that will, that might stick with you, you know? And I encourage any of you guys who that is sticking with you to talk to someone about it and go to therapy. Um, just talk to a best friend, write journal, because you'll probably need more than one or two talks. You know, this is something to, to kind of journal through until you realize, Hey, that's, you know, that's, that was my past. And it's okay that that happened. You know, we all have our stories from the past where we don't feel so great about ourselves, especially during adolescence, because we are hypercritical. All we want to do is fit in. That's like the main goal. And if you're not fitting in, you're doing something wrong. I mean, I know myself, when I look back at my adolescent years, I felt like a loser. I really, really did. Like I'll even put myself back there now and immediately feel what it felt like to be ostracized and not included in the group or picked last for the team or made fun of for my glasses that I was wearing or, you know, just made fun of for the way I looked by girls who shouted it out in the classroom. Like I have court, like I have deep, I have memories that just pop right up. And you know what? Sometimes they do come to mind or affect my adult life because I'll just, you know, I'll go to a party or something and I'll immediately feel like, well, I'm not like the fun, popular one. What if no one likes me? And then I'll be like, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? So now I'm more aware where I can like, if those thoughts come up, I am immediately aware of them. And I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. I'm thinking about my adolescent years. Like that's not, that's not now. And that just shows how when, you know, at, the, at that, that stage in life when all you wanted to do is fit in and you didn't, then you, you tend to just remember that for life. Like it's not like just going to go away. And I think that, you know, for you to have control over it, like I feel like me, like I don't need therapy for that. I just have random thoughts that pop up where I'm like, whoa, okay, that's not, that's not life anymore. I don't, I'm not dealing with any of those feelings anymore. That was how I felt in the past and love my life. I love how everything worked out, you know, so I feel in a very healthy place, but if you're like, Oh fuck. Like I've always been a loser ever since day one, I'm a loser. And like, I'm never good enough. You know, if you have feelings like that, that are still present, that are rooted in adolescence, but are still in you, then you want to get help. Okay. Anyway. So I'm just trying to normalize, not normalize, but just validate the way you might be feeling, but also let you know you don't have to continue feeling this way. When it comes to preparedness, because it's like, all right, well, okay, if I don't want to feel this way and I want to maybe face my fears and go into the dating world and get some sexual experience, but I want to prepare myself a little bit first and I want to make sure I at least have some level of confidence going into this as an adult, what do I do? So 
I'll talk about a little, a few ways you can prepare, but also don't feel like you have to do these for like a straight year before you talk to a woman. You know what I mean? So like these can go in hand in hand with the action you take. You don't have to like, you don't have to prepare by doing these things and these things only before you ask a woman out is what I'm saying. I don't want these steps to hold you back from taking action. So the first thing that will really help you prepare for a sex life is to masturbate. And as you know, I talk about mindful masturbation quite often. That's why I have the sex meditations. It's a meditation series to help you become aware of yourself as a sexual being and get comfortable in your sexual body. And not only physically comfortable, but also mentally comfortable. Like have a really clear understanding of your your fears related to sex, your overcome your embarrassment or your shame, um, understand what really turns you on, understand the visuals that really get you going, understand your insecurities and how to breathe deeper to relax when you have uh, sex-related anxiousness or insecurities. So it's really a, a place to help you understand yourself sexually and everything that goes along with that. When you masturbate mindfully, if you're not using the meditations and you're you're just you're like, okay, well, how do I, you know, masturbate in a way that's going to help me prepare? You want to not use porn and you want to use the time that you're spending to masturbate to really try to understand what feels best for your body. And keep keep note of it. Like be hyper aware of like, oh wow, I really like I really like thinking of this and I really like when I go a little faster when I'm jerking off, like that, that feels best for me. Or I really like when I use lube and I just rub the head of my dick for like five minutes. Like that feels like it really builds my arousal up. Like just being able to have experiences with yourself and it's still sex experience and you get to do it alone. You get to do it in the comfort of wherever you want to be that makes you feel like safe and comfortable. And like, there's no one who could judge you because it's just you and your body. You're still getting sex experience. Okay. So the more you do that, and the more you do that mindfully, you know, in a way where you're actually trying to learn about yourself and trying to understand your body consistently in a sexual way is going to make you more confident with future partners sexually. All right. So masturbation mindfully is really important as a, a means of preparedness. Something I want to point out is because this is a, a way to prepare that's like a mental reframe that you or that would help you. Just know that there are a lot of people who've been having sex for years all their life. And I don't want to say they're not great in bed because there's no general like, oh, you're good, you're bad. I think someone who's good is the person who understands their partner and understands themselves and brings that understanding, those two understandings together. That's someone who's really good in bed um, because it varies from person to person, like preference of the type of sex and how to go about the sex. So there are people who have sex, a lot of it, maybe all their life, but they never learned anything about themselves. They are too insecure to ask their partner questions so they don't communicate they don't make sure that she's feeling pleasure. They don't really know if they feel the most pleasure they could feel because their orgasms don't feel that great. 
and they're just going through the motion. They're not actually enjoying their sex life and they're not having the best sex they could have because they're not learning the skill that is sex. There are also a lot of people in sexless relationships. Like there are a lot of guys who are like, oh yeah, like in a relationship, like you'll obviously have sex. No, that's not true. I talked to a lot of people who hardly ever have sex and thought they'd have sex when they got married and it like hardly ever happened. This is a lot more common than you think. And there's a lot of frustration there in that relationship. So so also just because you see people in relationships doesn't mean they're having sex and definitely doesn't mean they're automatically having great sex. So this isn't to play a comparison game, but just to understand that most people don't realize sex is a skill. It's We're not just automatically good at sex. We have to build communication skills. We have to build comfortability with ourselves in order to communicate in a, in a healthy, comfortable way. We need to build um, self-esteem so that we're able to come forth about things that turn us on and things we want to try that might might bring about some judgment and we have to be ready to face that and lean into it regardless because we know that it's important for us to feel pleasure. You know, like there's so much, there's so much you can, um, you can learn to build the skill set of having great sex, great sex for yourself, like enjoying, actually enjoying your masturbation sessions instead of feeling bad about them. And also really enjoying the type of sex you're having with your partner or partners. So don't you know, like don't make assumptions about people um because if you're trying to learn about yourself sexually, you're already so much farther than a lot of people. <laughs> and if you do learn even at the late age of, you know, 30, you are more likely to have great sex that someone maybe in their 50s who's been having sex all their life never had because he never learned and he never saw sex as a skill to be to be built. So you're you're not as far behind as you think is what I'm trying to tell you. I hope that gives you hope and and if you are in your 50s too and you feel like yeah, like that's me. I've been having sex all my life, but it it really doesn't it's never been great, then you still have an opportunity to learn. It's not too late, all right? There are people in their 70s having a healthy sex life. It's it's definitely a thing. So don't feel like you can't, You it's too late and that it's not worth it. Pleasure is always worth it, in my opinion. And, you know, it's worth it if you prioritize it. So I should also put that out there. Like not everyone is going to prioritize sex. And there are some people where it's like, no, nah, it's just like not that important to me. And cool, okay, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy is what you should what you should go with. But if it matters to you, don't give up on it. Another way to prepare is finding a lube and a protection that you like. So if there's a certain condom you want to try, like use that during masturbation, see how it feels on you, see how it how it works with your skin, you know, make sure you're not allergic to it. As far as lube, there are a lot of lubes out there. Find one that you like best. I would say also training yourself to be present is something you can you can prepare for by really having that mindful masturbation practice where you're really zoned in to yourself and paying attention to your body. That's going to keep you very present. I think it could be easy to get in your head when you're masturbating to porn because there's a lot of immediate comparison to you versus the actors and a lot of questions floating around in your head wondering if like 
you could ever do that or like blah, blah, blah. So really try to stick with a mindful masturbation and teach yourself to stay present in the pleasure. And like I mentioned before, I know that you can only prepare so much before you act on the real thing. Like actually pursue a woman, approach her, um, go on a date with her, understand if she's the type of person you want to continue dating and get into a sexual relationship with. And then having experiences in that sex relationship and knowing that not everything is going to go great. In fact, the first time you have sex, if you haven't lost your virginity, it will probably feel awkward and it won't feel amazing. You know, like the first time never really does. It's really with more experience and more connection with, with partners, um, or a partner, that's what makes it really great. Cause that's when you could really just let go. And it's kind of like, you could try a bunch of things. You can completely get out of your head. You trust the person, you know, there's no judgment going on. Um, it's just a lot better, but just know in the beginning, it's like, okay, it's like, we're just starting out here. It's all right. Like there's going to be some awkward times and then there'll also be some good times. Cause you'll be like, Oh shit, I did it. And like, this is kind of cool. And I really liked this. So be sure to also keep track of those wins too. Now, when it comes to struggling between staying single for longer versus finally getting a partner but settling for less, this is something I hear all the time. There's a lot of guys who are like, you know, I don't know if I should just stay single or um, settle for someone. And my, my first response to that is always, you don't have to end up with the next person you date. Like, you don't have to be in a forever relationship with them. And I think this is, this tends to be how a lot of guys start thinking as they get older. They're like, oh, well, I don't see this working. Like there's a chance this might not work with her long-term, but like all these other things are great. And I'm like, okay, well it's worth trying then. Like it's worth going on a few dates, maybe dating for a few months. See if there's, see if there is compatibility. See if you can get over that one hump versus like you have so many good things going for you. Like, and I think that's more, this is more based on a fear of commitment versus feeling like, oh, I have to settle for less. Like, don't make it about settling for, for less. Like make it about, all right, is this woman in alignment with my top three values? If so, like, do we have a sexual attraction to each other? Okay. Like, do we want to give it a try and try to be exclusive with each other and see if we can be compatible and make a relationship work? Okay, let's try it out. Think of it more as like, let's try this out because then you don't feel stuck or suffocated. And I think this is probably the reason why a lot of people um, like judge themselves harshly because they're finally like, you know, I got into this relationship. I got to stay in it. Like I can't leave it. Like I can't be out there on my own again. Like and you, you lose trust in yourself when you go all in in the sense where you're like, I have no option but to stay in this now. That's not true. You still can always leave a relationship that's not making you happy. And you should. You know, if you start dating a woman and you start having sex and she, she at some point she makes fun of you and makes like rude or mean sexual remarks, you know, comments about your performance, you shouldn't be with that woman anymore. Like you should have enough self-love and enough boundaries to realize I don't want to be with a partner who makes me feel bad and it's intentionally making me feel bad. No, I'm going to break this off. I'm going to go and get back in the dating world and see if I could find someone who aligns with my values again and um, where that doesn't happen. You should always feel you have freedom 
and the ability to leave a relationship that is not serving you or making you better or making you feel good or supporting you. And if you have this mindset of should I stay single or should I get into get into a relationship with a partner and settle for less, then you're kind of telling yourself, once I get in, I can't get out. And that's that's a dangerous mentality um, because you want to always trust that you'll do what's best for yourself. And of course, communicate with your partner too. You know, if there's like a red flag, doesn't mean, or you get in a fight, doesn't mean you're like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, it, it means you talk to your partner, you have open communication, like, hey, that really wasn't cool when you, when you made that comment about, you know, what we did during sex. And I'm wondering like where that came from. And then see like what her reaction is. Her reaction might be, oh my God, I've been thinking about that ever since I said it. And I felt, I feel like shit, I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. I think it was because blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you could talk it out. You know, sometimes it's like we, we make mistakes, you know, and other times it's like, wow, you're such a baby. Like that's really, that really affects you that much. Like grow up, be a man. Like if that's her response, then it's like, whoa, okay. Kindness is clearly not one of her <laughs> values. So I'm just going to get out of this while I can. You know, you, you got to know what's most important to you, communicate, and trust that you will get yourself out of something that is not compatible. Another reason why you should get out there and date is experience is good, you know, and with the understanding that and I'm, I'm saying you should get out there and date if you want a relationship and a, you know, a sex life with someone. Experience is good and you sometimes it does take dating exclusively even a few women to realize what type of sex you really like, who you feel most connected with, who really you build the most emotional connection with and how that changes the sex. Like getting experience is is really helpful and it's going to give you a lot of confidence too because you'll also learn a lot more about yourself when you're with a partner. Something I love so much about my relationship with Andrew is I'm always learning more about myself. And it's like he helps me grow as a person and look at blocks in my life that like things that I've just blocked out and never thought twice about and he'll bring them up and kind of bring them to the surface and be like, I'm curious why you do it this way or why you would say it like this. And then he makes me realize like my habits and the things like some things I'm like, oh, like I kind of like that I do that. And then other things I'm like, wow, that's like actually I don't want to be doing it that way. That's like that's really interesting. So I'm I learn a lot about me. And I think, you know, to have the mindset that you want a partner who's going to help you grow and learn about yourself and better yourself on your own terms, not because you're forced to do it, but because they're just bringing things to the surface and being like, oh, this is interesting. And then you get to do with it what you may like that's how I always thought of a great relationship and that's what I wanted and that's why I'm so grateful to be in one with Andrew because he he does exactly that and I think a lot of who you attract is based on what you're looking for you know so you want to get clear about that and I also as much as I love him I also and he would agree on his side I'm sure that if all of a sudden we're out of alignment with with um, our values in life and we're just not wanting to work with each other and we're not wanting to, if one of us starts talking the other down for whatever reason, like we would both, we would each separately have enough courage to walk away and because we do love ourselves very much. And, you know, you can love someone and also know that 
I, I'm in this as long as this relationship stays strong and we're both trying at it. When we both stop trying, it will fall apart. Anyway, that took a depressing turn. <laughs> um, no, but it's true. It's, it's actually not depressing. It's just how relationships work. And I would also lastly ask yourself, what would settling for less mean? Because if you can get clear on like, if I was to settle for less, what does that mean I'd be doing? And when you're really clear on those things and what that means to you, then you have a clear idea like of who not to date and when to leave someone as soon as possible or when to stop dating someone as soon as possible, or when to stop having sex with someone as soon as possible. And you also, as the last and final point, want to see dating as fun. If you have the mindset going into it, like I struggle between staying single for longer or finally getting a partner and settling for less, like that feels so heavy. That feels so not fun. <laughs> I don't know. From my perspective, it does. So really try to have like, what can you do to have more fun in this exploration of figuring your understanding yourself? You know, like what I was talking about before, like how can you make this more of a game versus a struggle or challenge? How can you look at it like, oh, like this is like I have so much I can learn about myself and I have so much opportunity to have experiences and there's so many potential experiences out there for me and um, I'm going to track all the wins along the way. I'm going to see what works for me. I'm going to learn what doesn't. You know, you can look at it as fun. It doesn't have to be as heavy or complicated. But yeah, I hope uh, this is helpful for you to the man especially who submitted this email and yeah, guys. Don't forget to check out my YouTube because I am posting more videos that will cover topics such as this one. And in fact, I'll probably make a video on this one too. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember... Your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.